existence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Radiant Black Podcast. I'm your host, Bash, and I'm joined by... Oh, we're saying names. We're joined by Matt. Radiant Matt, even. Charlie. And Ali. Today, we're going to discuss the first issue of Dead Lucky, and we're actually going to cover spoilers uh, in this on this episode, so... Make sure you read the issue first before you go any further. And just a reminder that we did announce our giveaway on uh, social media today for Dead Lucky. We're giving away three copies of Dead Lucky number one, cover A. And it's U.S. Canada only, just like usual. All you have to do to enter is, you know, just see, just follow the tweet if you're on Twitter. And one of them will be a Discord only to give to the uh, Radiant Black Discord community. So if you're on the Discord, just check out the reading giveaway tab. And without further ado, let's discuss the Dead Lucky number one. And just a disclosure, everybody here was able to read this uh, about a month ago because uh, after we interviewed Melissa Flores on the podcast, we were were fortunate enough to be able to get a preview copy. Thanks, Melissa. I think the the streak of, of just awesome comic book design continues with the massive verse book. I don't know if it was... One of the artists, I want to say it's Michael Basudo that did the design, like the the, ter- the the terminal command prompt and everything. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds like yeah. it's up his alley. And I, I yes. thought it was cool, too. Very Makes noticeable me... right away. Like, you just open it and you can tell right away. It's a different aesthetic. Every single book has is just a little different. It gives it its own, own, little, own little unique thing. Makes me think of Halo 3 achievements. <laughs> Searching for those terminals. <laughs> My, Michael likes his digital, uh, his digital vibe, you know? Yeah. I like oh, it. Yeah. We, we like it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, um, just a you know, good, nice way to start it. And the creative team we've got on this issue, obviously, writer Melissa Flores, art by French Carlo Magno, colors by Mattia Iacono, and letters by the incredible Becca Carey, who I just want to say shout out to Becca Carey for doing the letters on New Champion of Shazam. Uh, just such a great book and was such a pleasant oh, surprise yeah. to see her working on that as well. Uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, the newest addition to the Massiverse. And, you know, if you haven't heard our episode about uh, the Dead Lucky already, then I'll give you a quick synopsis right now on what the Dead Lucky is about. So the or you Dead can go Lu- check out the interview, and it's a really great interview, and can catch us later, but yeah. You should, you should check that out, but it's about San Francisco changing, and we have a tech company called Morrow building the city of the future with peacekeeper robots and the salvation gang is rebelling against them we have Bibiana lopez yang who's changing too she came back from afghanistan with ptsd and the ability to control electrical currents if she can hold it together she might be the hero san francisco needs but against an enemy this big it isn't enough to be good she'll have to be lucky pretty cool i like that so yeah let's go let's dive right in i just want to say and I, i think i mentioned this to you guys when we all got access to the issue is it this first page of this comic book is like yeah. one of oh, the best amazing oh, yeah. amazing like if, it hates you hard if image was still doing second prints this would make a great um yeah second yeah. print cover yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's actually the first thing i said so thank you <laughs> yes yeah. we just have a flashback it seems like uh while our main character bb is at therapy we see her flashback to you know something and it's a pretty intense scene like i said if you open the comic book that's the first page you see first of all like first impressions beautiful colors by Matai, beautiful amazing artwork by by french 
the color palette for this book, it has a unique color palette that's kind of different than all the other Massiverse books. I feel like each book has its own unique color palette. And with Rogue Sun, we've had like a lot of reds and oranges. With this one, we have a lot of pink, purple, and oranges, and I love it. And, you know, obviously with Radiant Black, we have we have a little bit more of everything, but mainly like the black, white, and blue. So, yeah, that's really cool to see just that the general aesthetic of the book. What would you guys think? Yeah, the lighting almost tells a story. When we see like the therapy session, you can see that there's like, I didn't notice until you mentioned the different art style, but looking at it now, you can see that there's a lot of like the way that the light is playing in the image is really interesting. And you can see that there's like a big, um, there's curtains and you can see the light shining in. It's distinct that the light is still shining in, but there's curtains covered, which could be a state to, well, not a state, it could be um, a statement or an allegory for um, um, BB's uh, personal state where she doesn't want to let the light in. She's putting up curtains, maybe closing herself off. Yeah, I like that for sure. Yeah, I, I, these first two pages are are super good at kind of just getting you the, your first taste for this character, just getting you caught up um, to like ju- just something she's been through. On the next page, you see uh, kind of a tablet summarizing some of the things she's done. But I, I love just the subtle hints like uh, like Melissa was going through, like she doesn't like her back turned to the door and um, like she doesn't like these she's these little things. And um, I, I just like it. It's not so like in your face but it's just it's just good good little answer and don't forget about the uh like literally the first two panels it's her uh touching her dock tags and then you yep. see a sugar oh, yeah. sugar skull tattoo on her arm it's mm-hmm. a great way to get introduced to the character and know so much about them just from the first two pages right away yeah mm-hmm. not not just that but you know we she's pretty rigid in the way that she's sitting so you can tell obviously she's a pretty intense individual you know, get a little, you know, moment where it kind of seems like the 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 doctor is being condescending, but she apologizes for that. And that's where we get a look at the the, the iPad and, and it shows, you know, a little uh, dossier basically of, of, of Bibiana and her history. And we see that she has some crazy training, including some things that are redacted, which always means, you know, that's pretty intense top level shit. And uh, yeah, so she has, we look at the notes and it says probable PTSD diagnosis, resistant to therapy, significant trauma after incident, possible dissociation and delusion, likes making dark jokes. I like this. I really, I know, I know this is pretty standard things like this, but I really like the way that this was done in the context. And yeah, we see that, like, like you guys said, all the things that she's been doing. My only note is like, does she need to make the, like the line drawing the picture to Bibi Yana when the report is on Bibi? <laughs> that's my only. And that's just a nitpick. Good point. Good point. It looks that, super that, clean, that, and it is, does put an emphasis on this. Like she's making connecting the dots, but like we know it's all no, Bibi. That's, <laughs> that, that's good really point. I, I didn't even catch up on that. I have silly jackass nitpicks from someone that didn't have to put in the. <laughs> I love it, but it was really good. But yeah, just just that. Gotta love it. Um, I, I do want to say for me personally, um, skipping just to this next page here um, in the third panel, um, something I notice immediately and I absolutely adore about this book is the is the fourth wall breaking and the personal narration. Um, like when, when she looks over to you and it, it kind of reminded me of um, I was telling Bash this like Lightyear, um, like they, they when you have an organic story for it, it, it really just works for me. And I, I just I just loved it every time. It continues throughout this whole issue, and I hope to see it for sure uh, throughout the series going forward. When she's forward. talking to herself, it's yeah, ambiguous. Yeah, she's right talking now. to us too. Like, is she's it even looking? Is it fourth there. wall, or does she literally it, just it, talk it, to herself? It's, it's, it's ambiguous. It could I, be. I, it could be I both. Took it as, yeah. yeah I, I think it's narration. Maybe not fourth wall quite, but like that first panel especially. It looks like I took it as she's looking at 
at yeah. us in a way, but she she is talking to herself. So I, I don't know. I think you could interpret it yeah. a couple different ways, but yeah. I love I love. We have it. to revisit this at the end. Of the we'll issue. need more evidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's a little something that happens that might change the way we interpret this at least. But yeah, no, it's definitely something good to point out, and I love. Yeah, the the stare is intense too. I don't know. I, I agree. This was a pretty cool moment. I think it was well done. But yeah, go, like back to the colors. I just want to say like Mattia killing it on colors truly like, and we'll appreciate that even more on the next page. But here you see again another peek at the iPad where it says under. She circles at the the the, the therapist and and you know draws another line from Matt's favorite lines, and it says talks to herself as a coping mechanism could make for an interesting case study. Uh, right now i'm sure french is drawing me with stink lines <laughs> but uh what do you guys think of of the city of san francisco right now it looks amazing you know we're seeing good look at the financial district gorgeous, it does, gorgeous yeah. you, you you can tell just a, a little updated like there's there's been <laughs> some work done for sure like it doesn't really look like a very modern city it doesn't look like I don't know any modern city in uh, the U.S. that I know, but um, yeah, no, I I love her hair. I just want to say too. Yeah, it yeah. has very like cyberpunk element almost. It yeah. looks nice, but like it's yeah. also like not super friendly, right? Like it is nice and it looks colorful, but you could also it kind of looks deceptive. Like Moro's name has to be all over the place. I, I think like, that, yeah, that's the idea, no? Like there's like gentrification and shit going on. Yeah. Like you see this like weird mush of shit where you see this big building in the middle that kind of doesn't fit in with the rest of the aesthetic of the city, and I think that's part of the idea of what's going on. They're replacing on. the aesthetic and get rid, yeah. getting rid of yeah. what they feel doesn't yeah. fit. I like the, not just the aesthetic, but the people, the the communities. You know what I mean? Like, Slowly, piece by yeah. piece, yeah. When you said the uh, gentrified, that's what they should call the five or like the uh, Rose Gallery in uh, Radiant Black. Call them the gentrified. Oh. Like Sheer could come on, <laughs> come on, boom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I noticed there's a lot of these like even uh, also just little subtle, subtle thing or kind of subtle, but like the cop, um, like he takes takes the paper. Wh- where are you going? And it's just like all this like. Like as a veteran, I couldn't imagine just like they thank you, but it, it's it's a very unappreciative thank you. Like it's kind of just like oh thanks, like what whatever. Wait, you're a veteran, like kind of like automatic, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's just clearance. Like, like, like here you go. It just doesn't. It's meaningless almost. And it, yeah, no, that that's got to sting for sure. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, no, it's just it's just it's we, we already get a sense of like the, what the city is like here, and obviously we see that there's a lot of uh, co- collision between. You know, culture, themes, just just in general, a lot of things going on right now in San Francisco. And that's part of the tension because uh, between the two factions or between Salvation King and um, and and tomorrow. So what we're going to see next is after, you know, yeah, right. Like you guys said, there's this like, you know, kind of condescension between the couple almost like he even says. So it's like a it's like a Lieutenant Dan kind of situation. Gotcha. War's a bitch, huh? Like it's like what yeah. the fuck? Like that's like very yeah, insensitive. Like, just I don't know. It's very condescending, insensitive. It's like and it shows the culture only really knows like the movie version. They don't really know the real version of PTSD, right? It's just become like this. So we look at the culture. Oh yeah, you know Lieutenant Dan, right? It's a, it's just a joke almost, or just like a product that's been sold, a story that's been manufactured, as opposed to this, which is a much more grounded take on it. Even though we've got superheroes and giant mechs. It's really strange to be doing it to the people who like fought for the you know like the freedom and, and just fought for the country in general but yeah we see as she goes into the tunnel that this whole conflict is even worse but my favorite my favorite one of the whole uh, is graffiti everywhere right like 
Morrow, Salvation, you know, it's just like, it's very, it looks like almost like gang torn. But yeah. then you see behind this van in the middle of nowhere, which I thought was funny, just as fuck Morrow with a skull. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was funny. The first time you saw it, I was just like, cool. Like, that's, that's how it is. So, BB is Bartman confirmed, but yeah, El Barto, I mean, <laughs> my Simpsons references, but yeah, no, it's a good catch, and I don't know, it just felt like, um, there's a video game where the entrance is like this, I feel like maybe like Dead Rising 3 or something, when you go through these hallways, or maybe, I can't think of the game, also, the Moro logo, I like, it's so smart the way it's designed, where it's like, it's like the M is missing a piece, like you have like, it's like that square is falling into place, but it's not really there, it's still an M, right, like you don't need this, and the city doesn't need all these changes that Moro's trying yeah. to push into them. That's a good catch, yeah. And, yeah, so it's pretty intense because right as she gets out of the tunnel, she's she's back in Chinatown, which is, you know, where she's where her parents' story is, China Execute, which is a really cool name. We already talked about that with Melissa during our interview, so check that out. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like this store, and I like her parents. I feel like, you know, they're definitely warm, but there's definitely also a bit of sternness to them. Yeah. I got that too. I like that. Yeah. So immediately when she gets back into the restaurant, like there's a cop there, and and so it's like this gives you a sense of like, okay, this is we're getting to like a police state level here, where it's like, okay, not maybe they haven't shown the rest of it that makes me say why that is, because there's more that it's gonna reinforce that uh, statement. But yeah, but that's the beginning of it, where it's like there's questioning everywhere, and it's kind of like even mafia, like where they're telling the store like, oh, like, what are you going to do without us? We're going to, you're going to need us to protect you because of the gang and everything. And that's when her parents are letting her know, like, look, we've been around a while and the gang's only here because I thought that was really brave uh, for her dad to eventually say that he's like, you know, like the, the, the gang's only here because you're here. <laughs> and you, yeah, you yep. kind of mentioned yep. it earlier with the gentrification, they're trying to get them out. They're trying to get them to move out of the store um i'm assuming so that moral can you know improve quote unquote on this neighborhood too but i'm glad that they're uh they're taking a stand and you know keeping their ground before the thick bots take over those are the thick robots they so remind me yeah yeah totally metal gear yeah i remember uh melissa said she they they got some inspiration from boston dynamics if you guys ever seen those videos, like they're they've got some crazy robots. Don't they have like the bomb dogs or whatever with the, with the robots? Yes. Like, the robot dogs. Yes, yeah, yes, that's yeah. yeah, that definitely I can see the inspiration. It's cool because it's like real life shit. Like we think that could never happen. Like we're scary close to that. Like if Elon lets loose, who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get there for sure. Yeah. And plus you know, this is a huge gamer, so like uh, the, it wouldn't be far fetched to say that some of these are gaming inspired. You know what I mean? Or there's some gaming inspiration, sorry. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I I love the inclusion of the lucky Chinese cat and the the mariachi, like with the with the the skull mariachi right in front of BB in the store. It's 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 another little great addition. Dead and lucky, the cat's luck, and then the dead, like the day day of the dead. Day of the dead. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Good catch. Yeah. Well, nice. you pointed out, I saw it, but then when you mentioned it the way you mentioned it, I was like, oh, wait, dead lucky. You're like, God, that's clever. And you can see <laughs> it's a, in the restaurant where it's the fusion of the cultures, you see how it's those fused cultures that gave us BB. So, like, I feel extra attached to this character before I even read the issue because of how great Melissa was in that interview. And you can see how much of a hardship poured into the character. So this already works. Like, we didn't even mention the – we talked a little bit about the restaurant, but just that little stuff, like Chime Execute, like – or I probably butchered that, but, like, if that was a restaurant downtown, I'd be going there tonight. Like, it's just – you can already feel this, like, world, and you can feel the power 
passion poured into it and the personal take on it. So it's just it's really adds something special to the series. I mean, Virya vows sound delicious. If we ever get like a <laughs> dead lucky box, I would like a couple of frozen ones just to try. Yes, yeah. Sir. Imagine if C2E2 became like a yearly celebration of Radiant Black and they just did it. And then eventually we had like expanding foods and we had like Martian, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, they, they can make Absolutely. a little Team Mexico little pop up. If, if they do an extra, we, we're going for sure. You can see also, like you guys said, there's a picture of her of her former platoon on uh, near the cat and the and the skull with the uh, with the uh, oh yeah yeah so that's that's pretty cool right there we see you know that attachment right there she even has that somber look towards it but uh, yeah like you guys said there's the, the the restaurant which is very wholesome really nice place and a good catch from Matt and Addy where it's a fusion of her cultures and kind of inspired that's also her. and there's like a shrine. <laughs> For family yeah. members too, right? Behind her in the same image with the platoon and stuff. So she's maybe looking back and thinking of family members she's lost and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, there's bots, these what they call guardian bots outside, and they're they according to them keeping the Salvation Gang from coming to the district. But um, it's kind of creepy. I mean, it's not kind of creepy. It's really creepy. So I totally understand why there's a lot of tension in this city and stuff. Like it truly does feel like Metal Gear Solid. Like if you've ever played that, you know, like walking the, the streets and it's very interesting to me, and I actually like laughed out loud when I saw this. That she calls her ex the ex on her phone, like that's his contact. <laughs> yeah. It's the ex, yeah. you know what I mean? The only one worth keeping in her phone, right? The it's the ex worth talking to. The other exes, I'm sure their names are gone. But uh, <laughs> I love this dynamic with Eddie. I think it's really interesting. It's almost like you know, like uh, uh like Bar, like Babs and Dick, except like you know, there's you know, it's over and no one's really there's yeah, you know, it's or it's not. Yeah, well, I think it's okay. You don't see, yeah, you don't yeah. see that. The next page, we get an introduction to one of the first police officers of this town, assuming one of the good guys here. And it's, uh, you know, they're being radiated in. It's Officer Garcia. And that's when she encounters Bibiana for the first time. She just gets a, she catches a, she catches her walking across the street. And that's when her partner, you know, gets back into the car with the Berea. Is it Berea? Berea buns? Yeah, the Berea buns, which are amazing, apparently. And they they look and sound fantastic. Yeah, they're freaking amazing. So, yeah. They're trying to get Uh, rid of it, right? Like, it shows, like, this delicious meal is part of what they they bring to the community. And we're going to close it down for white, like, uh, you know, impossible whoppers or something, right? Like, it's you're you're removing culture from the area and what makes it good. And also, I I do want to mention that the the cameras on the, the patrol bots, it's like a pinhole lens, like what you would view an eclipse through, right? So it shows how narrow their perspective is, and they're just controlled by everybody. They don't really need eyes. They just need a camera to scan and a thin hole at that. Yeah. Eddie's an interesting character, too. Like, once you actually meet him, um, uh, he's a lot nicer than... I mean, things are on better terms than you would expect them to be for someone who calls someone else the ex on their phone. True. Uh, for sure. Maybe that's her name on his phone. Could be. Could be a, <laughs> could be a mutual thing. But yeah, no, I, I I love this I love this whole dynamic. He's kind of he's kind of just the hand the handy guy behind it. Um, but but I love the showcase of her powers too, and I'm I'm really curious to, to like in future like dive a little deeper into her origin, figure out how she got these powers, all this because this all this stuff is really really intriguing me. 
Yeah, I think we're going to get, like, more backstory on them. And I think there'll be, like, some event that will lead it so that uh, Morrow can, like, swoop in. Like, oh, this happened. Something battle happened. Something really dangerous. Yeah. Like, we need more protection, i.e., like, Ultron with Tony. Like, we need an armored suit for the world. That yeah. kind of deal. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good call. And I really like the idea that Eddie plays is kind of like he's the civilian, but they're still kind of on, like, even playing – not, like, even playing field or whatever, where it's, like, when people come back, it's like, you don't understand. Like, he knew her before all this. And also, I, I presumably, like – right like when they dated and she was right like i assume last yep. day and uh, first i don't know who knows maybe it didn't come out but obviously they're really close and they've got a, a strong bond so it's a civilian this find out. yeah maybe it's he, part of the story or something yeah eddie probably knows her uh like a lot of our friends probably know us better than a lot of our family members even whether that close it seems like they've been through the trenches even without being through the literal trenches together it seems like they've been through a lot together yeah and that's, yeah, and they seem very close, and it's even to the point where he's like, yeah, he's working on Ghost, right? He's doing repairs, flying final fiber resin coating, which does not affect conductivity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so we're back out on the streets of San Francisco at night, and we see that it is pretty intense. You know, there's it's very police state There's like all those bots, those uh, guard bots out there and at one point even they start to leave and that's where the cops from earlier notice that the guard bots are leaving and they're wondering why and that's when we get our first introduction to salvation our explosive introduction to salvation game and let's not forget that was the first preview that page was the first preview of dead yeah, lucky yeah. that michael posted on twitter months ago <laughs> that little guy at the top right on the on the <laughs> surfboard or whatever oh, remember yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. No, it's an it's an awesome page for sure it really shows off all, all the colors in the sky like all, all the decorations the explosions awesome at least a pretty awesome introduction as well yeah it's getting intense because salvation gang just made their entrance and they blew shit up and it's kind of crazy because at the same time morrow just left and what the hell but yeah, Officer Garcia is kind of struggling to get things under control. But that's when we get the first page reveal, and I gotta say, this was so this was so cool. It gave me kind of like goosebumps because it reminded me of that first page reveal from Radiant Black number one when we see Nathan wearing the costume for the first time, which is gorgeous artwork from Silva Costa. And here it's just the same where you see not you don't see the the costume from the cover yet. Like you already saw that in page one though, so there's that, and that was quite a reveal. But you do see her in in uh, inside Ghost. And they're trying to control the situation. I just thought, wow, what a reveal. What do you guys think? It was a pretty cool reveal. I mean, Ghost looks menacing. He's bigger than I expected, to be honest. He's, like, towering over everything. And um, just the moment uh, Bibiana and Ghost show up, is they, they think it's Morrow, but obviously it's clearly not. So they're about to get their ass kicked right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she was a little offended there for a second, but no, yeah. <laughs> no, the, this this fight was absolutely awesome. And, and again, some the colors on display, the explosions especially. I, I don't know why the the oranges, all the oranges they use, like out of, when he shoots the rocket launcher, all the purples behind him, that looks really cool. Um, and then we see some sort of, um, I'm guessing her, some of her old troop mates um or something like the souls like talking to her kind of acting like as the ai telling her we're under fire we need to go um so yeah what what do you guys think of that i interpreted that as like it was like a, a flashback from like their time in combat i didn't really see that as like force ghosty kind of them talked to her not that that's what you implied but i think i think they... that's kind of what i thought i i don't know i, I, I don't know i'm, I'm like a little so... more 
I'm a little more on like uh, Charlie's side of this because all the speech bubbles from Ghost were like in pink, and then it, the the speech bubbles from the Ghosts are also in pink. So my like I guess theory or whatever is that when we asked Melissa if Ghost had a personality and she was kind of like iffy about it, she didn't go one way or another if he's sentient or not. I think the Force Ghosts of you know her her troopmates are. The personality of Ghost right now. That's just my theory yeah. so far. It could it could be the Force thing. It could also be like since she has electrical current powers that the current sense and like triggers Bio, her bio brains. electricity or something. Yeah, or, yeah, which lets her see yes, them. Choosing yeah, a form of her of her choosing kind of thing. Yeah. So either yeah. way, it, it was pretty cool, and I, I love seeing that page where you're seeing her use her powers for the first time, where it's kind of like a muscle ref, muscle reflex almost. Yeah. This looked awesome as well. I do just want to go back one one page back when she first shoots uh, one of the Salvation Army people on a motorcycle with their electricity, and you see like his skeleton inside. That was dope. That was a dope little um, detail they put in there. A good display of her powers. Yeah, reminds me of like Darth uh, Sidious when he like shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool, and that's where we get. You can tell that she's still not. I don't know if you know. I don't know. I feel like she's still not 100% used to her powers here. That's probably why she doesn't have her main. But yeah, it doesn't seem she's like too, you know, 100% ready to do this yet. But I do admire her bravery in the situation, and she handles this, the situation really well. She manages to get the gang members to run away and escape and eddie runs at her and you know to check on if she's okay touches her and then he gets zapped he's zapped out and that's when officer garcia encounters bb for the first time and i gotta say big moment here for officer garcia who chooses to let bb go and we'll take care of eddie like that's some faith here i think she has i think these they're gonna be friends in the future you can see in our her character where like she's the good cop in a situation that she can't control she probably chose to become a cop before mara was moving in and they bought everyone out and it's like she's still a good person but what's she gonna do and if she quits who's gonna replace her right you know so you don't even i can see the arc there and it's really interesting also the way that uh with bb uh when uh, eddie goes to grab her being in combat and stuff like that and uh, shell shock or whatever whatever conditions you may get from the battlefield like it might be harder for her to feel safe and those powers she can be she can have her defenses up far longer than uh, you know your average superhero so that could be part of why eddie got zapped there where she obviously didn't mean it she knows eddie but you know she's got into combat and you know when you leave combat uh, in the military some it, sometimes you never really leave and even in this situation you, your reaction time might be uh, stifled yeah that's a good point that's once she escapes we see that we're back at the next day where we're at uh, team xq and one of the one of the police officers or the police officers are back at the restaurant and they're you know asking everyone questions that's where we see officer garcia taking a glance at the pictures of the platoon of bb and her platoon members these two kind of look like the spirits almost no yeah 100 percent. that's what i was thinking too. yep yeah. Th- those that that is those were those were those two people yeah. yeah i i think it's safe to say too that officer garcia knows who she is now yeah, to- yeah. totally yeah i think she has suspicions because that's when you know they say oh like they seem to want to help that's when the parents were saying that and then that's when Officer Get- Garcia replies, like, oh, if they, if they, you know, they'd be out in the open offering the services like Morrow. But I think, like, I think she also understands, you know, deep down why it's Bibiana's B- B- hiding. It's a little weird, too, because earlier in the uh, in the issue, 
uh, when when Officer Garcia was first introduced, she was on the radio with like I guess her superior officer or whatever, and she said that she screwed up and that's why she got this assignment of like protecting the the Morrow lady. So I'm curious what led her to this and how that's gonna reveal more about her character and how she's gonna relate to Bibiana in the future. So with the dog tags at the end, did he uh, Eddie gives her the note right and he says that sorry uh, uh, sorry for swiping your dog tags, but this is to help curb your electrical impulse. You may not have your buddies anymore, but I help. But I promise you, got me. Did he do something with the tags? Like did he this, put a coating on? I, I think so. The technology is like. To me, I, I took it as the technology is kind of a, like super advanced right now. Like they're they're just making these ro like it was kind of beyond our technology. I don't know how advanced their technology is or how much it has to relate mm. to her powers directly. I'm not sure about that. Well, okay. I, I think he definitely did something because the issue started sure. with her sure. touching the doc tags and it ended with her touching doc tags and then transforming mm-hmm. into a suit. So I think he definitely did something to it that either helps her or causes her to get her full dead lucky suit. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's interesting too, like dog tags. There's your ID tags, your identification. Uh, you know, when you're in combat and stuff like that. And uh, it's I like how Eddie kind of modified it to even uh, better, uh, you know, suit uh, BB. It's kind of like how he's been, I mean, uh, presumably, right? Unless he's like an evil villain, that uh, he's been a really beneficial <laughs> impact on her and her identity, right? And he's been a great guy. Uh, and a lot of people that you do spend time with t- tend to defend, uh, define you in many ways. And this, you know, is kind of like a nice little touch where, you know, her dog tags, she's a soldier and now she has uh, her own personal touch where she can do do good with it. I think it's it's important to note too, those aren't hers. Those are her fallen friends. friends. Yeah, because she's wearing her own and then he took her friend's dog tags. So good I catch. think... I think I think Charlie was right earlier when he said there's definitely a connection between her two um, her two dead friends from the troop and her electric powers. There has to be some kind of connection there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see more of where that comes from, but uh, in the future, I guess. But I just gotta say, like looking at that costume, it's so sweet. Like I can't wait to see her in her costume more. Um, I thought this was a very very strong first issue. I thought the artwork was fantastic. The colors were beautiful, great letters, strong writing. And I'm I'm really excited uh, for the series and where it's going to go. And we're kind of spoiled right now with the Massiverse because between this, Rogue Sun, Radiant Black, the shift mini, mini story that we had throughout the image books and Radiant Red and everything else that we've been getting. And, and you know, Radiant Red's coming back, so there's that to look forward to. But yeah, and Radiant Pink's coming soon, so... We're just spoiled right now in the Massiverse, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait. We're Absolutely spoiled, but we're we're, we're here for it. We're, we're not complaining. We're here for, sure. for all of it. it. All of it. And read the letter by Melissa in the back. Oh the, yes, the that, that is awesome. It's yeah, awesome. so they already have a letter session, dead letters. But yeah, it, it's very heartfelt. There's a lot of gratitude and very emotional. Really love the letter that Melissa wrote, and uh, yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm happy for her. And, I can't recommend this book enough. That's why we're giving away three copies because we love it so much. And yeah, looking forward to issue number two title is this is trauma. So it looks like we're going to be diving even deeper into the trauma of the character, obviously. But and uh, yeah, highly recommend. I love the the Morrow imagery in the back at the end of the comic book. Yeah, very, very It's like cool. they're behind the book and like we're overwriting it. Like it's like they're, you know, they're hacking the Morrow system even. Like like there's a storyteller telling even in like the insert pages just to like kind of be like set dressing almost. They're they're getting already you already have like a different feel for this book. It's incredibly well done. I know a lot of people have been buzzing about this book coming out this week. A lot of people were looking forward to it. I grabbed 
all the variants already except the La Fuente one. I wasn't able to find that one. It's the one in 50 ratio, but all the other ones I grabbed, including the Tom Welland variant, because come on, who doesn't want that helmet variant? Gotta finish the set. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend this comic book if you haven't checked it out yet. And if you've been hesitant because it's not Radiant Black or you're unsure, you know, where to start, blah, blah, blah. Just start right here. You don't even have to read Supermassive or anything. You just start right really here. Really good. Yeah, really it's really good. Fantastic art. Um, beautiful colors. Couldn't recommend it enough. But uh, I just want to interrupt the special announcement saying that Kyle Higgins just tweeted, Thursday, Ember's Tap House will be joined by some Massive friends. So obviously, if you're in the Chicago area, if you're a big fan of Massiveverse, check out the meet where they're meeting at the bar from the actual comic where Nathan got uh, you know, his ass whooped. And... They just tweeted a picture of the bar, the meetup, the info, and there's another picture with the cutouts of all the characters, like big, look like life-size cutouts, and there's a new mystery character in the middle who looks freaking amazing, kind of like Spider-Man and War looking radiant. (laughs) Look, it looks really cool. So, yeah, there's a new character, Hype, Hype, and if you haven't seen it, you know, by the time this comes out and you just heard it here for the first time, like we just found out, pretty excited, looks really badass, and that, that does look awesome. Just gonna say, I just saw that. Shows it pretty clearly, too. That was going to be yeah. kind of like Very exciting stuff. And Deadlock is, is already really there, blue now? All those. Yeah. What, what, if that's, what, what if Full that's the new, the new Radiant? Like, what if that's, like, Marshall and the other ones? Like, <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Uh, like, that'd be cool. Or it's, like, the big bad. Like, that's... What if he just reveals, like, that's, like, the leader of, like, whatever war. Like, the robot war. The Catalyst war. Like, what if that's the big bad? They reveal it in, like, a bar as a stand As a stand uh, yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, this is pure spec, but the glow around the eye and Nathan's chest is gone. So maybe the, they separated part of the power or something? Because, like, you see the glow in all the other... Or maybe it's just the light angle. I don't know. I could be wrong. But, like, the, the you know what I mean? The no, color. I feel you, because even Shift yeah. and the new character have the glow in their yeah. in their eyes, but yeah. um, Radiant Black doesn't have any glow about them. You might be right. It's yeah. Just, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Could be exciting stuff. One of those cardboard cutouts, real quick. So. Oh, yeah. To put it right next to my Invincible, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Melissa was saying, it's thanks for taking a chance on a new writer. And, like, yeah, it's it's really cool when, you know, it pays off. And even if it doesn't pay off, it's nice to always, you never know what you're going to like. And I wouldn't have read this if it was just, like, its own thing. Like, I might have if Bash recommended it or something, but I probably wouldn't have picked this up because there's just, like, a thousand books out that I want to read. But, you know, it's tied into the series. Like, I've been hyped on this since Massiverse uh, ended. You know, we got the tease of this, and it's awesome that Dead Luck is going to show up there. So, yeah, it's been awesome, and uh, I'm glad that uh, it's part of the Massiverse and we get to talk about it uh, on a regular basis. I hope this series runs for a long time. Cannot cannot wait for this whole series and just, just everything, like Melissa's um, just per- personal personal investment into this really, really just makes it something special and just anything anything else from the massive first is just just awesome and just cannot wait for more can't wait to see what else comes out yeah and you know now that the now that the first arc of rogue sun is completed we can actually get ryan paired on the show and talk to him about all things rogue sun so i'm looking forward to that hopefully that'll work out i'm not gonna reach out to him just yet i'll wait till after c2e2 you know give him time to recover from the con and and just everything, the hype and everything, it's going to be an exciting time. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get announcements then. Like like we said earlier, we just got the special 
dropped with the new character. So already so much to look forward to. I'm sure Carlin Jarvis already made the Radiant Black suit like a few months ago, and they're just going to unveil it. He's just going <laughs> to hover in there like Tony at those expos and stuff. I mean, we joked. We joked that they were building, right? I joked that they were building a real-life existence, and it turns out it was true. They were trying to do that immersive existence uh, narrative experience at the bar. So there you go. Kyle, existence would be the... Existence would be like the raddest rave ever raved. So that would be so sick if they ever did that. But anyways, I digress. It would be the most like the Igor Monty there, just with the colors. You know? <laughs> Doing <laughs> face paints, like face like, painting yeah. people, making new colors as he does. Yeah. Black uh, life I, face paint. That would be that would be so amazing. Anyway, for those of you who are going to the the event in in uh, Embers with the Massiverse team, enjoy and you know let us know how it is. You know, get in touch and have a great time. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everyone for joining us today. Stay radiant.